Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We are the mother-daughter co-founders of the I Create Daily brand. We are passionate about encouraging positivity, creativity, and productivity while bringing you information and resources that support your creative aspirations. I Create Daily is for creators in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. So if you're into creating anything, this podcast has something for you. So tell us, what would support you most in your journey? You can reach us at creators at iCreateDaily.com. Thank Thank you you for for joining joining us us on this journey. Hello and welcome to the I Heal Daily Podcast, creative conversations on health and healing, sponsored by iCreateDaily.com. I'm Leora. And I'm Devani. We need to begin with the usual disclaimers. I Heal Daily is a show for conversations on health and healing and cannot be construed as medical advice of any kind. Today's guest, sorry, it's your okay. Part, isn't all it? right. Today's guest grew up behind the Iron Curtain in Czechoslovakia before immigrating to Canada at age 25. And all was well until one life change caused his health to plummet. That major life event was a catalyst that led Martin Patella into eventually healing himself and instilled a passion for natural health and wellness. Since then, Martin founded the online natural health company Life Enthusiast in 2001 and is also a certified metabolic typing advisor, which is a method that helps determine which foods and supplements will be most appropriate for your body. Martin and the team behind Life Enthusiast make it their business to help people reverse chronic degenerative conditions, the source of aging and pain that plague so many of us. We're really looking forward to today's conversation with Martin on healing and the creative entrepreneurial journey. So welcome, Martin Patella. Thank you, ladies. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. You, I have been a customer of Life Enthusiast, and for anyone who's tuning in uh, at your computer, it is, or your mobile device, uh, not driving, it is life-enthusiast.com, where I order um, natural supplements and um, herbal remedies in particular. Um, I first started ordering one of your herbal remedies from Amazon, and then I found you online, and I've been extremely satisfied and uh, with your service, with your company, and the quality of products. So, um, and we're looking to really looking forward to learning more about your actual um, story, like origin story, and how did it all get started? So maybe mm-hmm. we could start there. Tell us the story of how health and natural healing became your life work. I grew up in an ordinary upper middle class neighborhood family. My father was a veterinarian. I was indoctrinated with believing in science and believing in the industrial might and revolution and all of that. But it was it was the uh, Iron Curtain. I grew up in a totalitarian uh, country and. Uh, in 1975, I came to the conclusion that there's just no way that I wanted to live the rest of my life in that police state, mm. always looking over your shoulder, always wondering who's listening, always wondering how things will turn out. And so together with several friends, we made this secret pact and uh, figured out how to get out of there. This was a standard refugee, political refugee. We ended up in Austria, asked for asylum, and then uh, emigrated to Canada, who graciously took us in. Wow. And sure enough, with my first job, it was a manual labor. I was working in a sawmill while learning to speak English and all that. it came with benefits. It came with full health and dental coverage. So sure enough, I, on my first week after I had my certified buy anything you want, it's covered. I went to the dentist and I said, I need a checkup. I haven't had one in a year. Well, the dentist uh, went through and showed me how he could improve on me, right? It was 12 mercury amalgam fillings that he decided that that was best for me. I didn't know any different. I was ignorant. And no I one believed, did then. Yeah. yeah. I believed the professional. I thought that he was uh, thinking of me, but no, he was really thinking of his economic interest then. I just didn't know. 
I didn't understand that a dentist is an entrepreneur. Anyway, so it was done in four stages, two weeks apart, and didn't take very long before I came up with a breakout of a herpes on my lip, which I never had before. I was wondering, where's that from? And then, anyway, within a year or so, I had back problems. I started to fall apart. And again, why, right? Like, right. I was a very healthy 25-year-old and, and very sick 26-year-old. Wow. And then at some point then, I actually sent away my hair for hair analysis. Mm. And it came back with high in mercury. And I was puzzling well, where did that mercury come from? I'm not eating tuna or anything. Didn't connect any of it. Oh. But anyway, so years go by, right? Wow. I'm, I'm slowly going downhill. Um, periodontal disease set in, back problems set in. I mean, I, I got fairly bad. Like several times a year, I would have an episode where my back would just go out, mm. out, quote wow. unquote, which meant that I would spend three weeks sleeping on the rocking chair face down with my head on the footrest kind oh, of thing. Wow. Or crawling from that chair to the toilet on all fours because there was no way I could stand up. Wow. That sort of so I was heading straight into wheelchair and who knows what. Were you living with your friends at this point or by yourself? No, by that time I was already married and I had moved on to uh, to a career in computers. I, I actually, you know, it took me about four years to acclimatize to Canada and to learn the language sufficiently and all of that. So by that time I was uh, um, ready to start a real career. And I actually trained in hypnotherapy. Hmm. So I'm a, I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> For those... For those listening and not watching, Martin is waving his finger in front of us to hypnotize us. <laughs> Thoroughly yeah, yeah. hypnotized. <laughs> yeah. This service is undoubtedly worth $200 an hour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, so in, in the process of uh, figuring it out, well, the thing that undid me was that people came. That the last case I took was a girl telling me that she was worried about her sister because her father was um, had 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 sexual encounters with her, and she didn't want that to happen to her sister. Like that, that just undid me. I I realized that there's no way that I can handle that level of responsibility. Hmm. I wasn't up for it, so I instead switched to technology. I had a degree in computer science, and so I switched to computers, and that was that. Okay. So I was actually earning quite well and was able to spend lavishly on figuring out what's wrong with me. And mm -hmm. I tried all kinds of things. Like I tried first the mainstream, you know, I went to the orthopedic surgeon. They, they gave me hydrocortisone shot and, and wonderful for five, six weeks, I was free of pain. And then it came back with vengeance because it solves nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of money with chiropractors because they were able to straighten me out, but only for two weeks. And then because the structure was falling apart, I was just forever losing the adjustment. They were good mechanics. They would put me back together and then I would fall apart again. What was went, the mercury? How was the mercury causing the structure to disintegrate? Um, mercury seems to disable the body's ability to manufacture amino acids correctly. It sort of breaks down at the gut level. Like I believe that it's the microbiome that gets affected and the, the permeable bowel syndrome, you know, the leaky gut right. takes place. And all of a sudden you have all these different proteins leaking into the bloodstream and then the immune system starts to struggle with that. And uh, hmm. Yeah, I think the primary issue is that the immune system is unable to maintain healthy structures. Now, this was around 1980, right? Somewhere between 1975 yeah. and 1980. And I think mm -hmm. that it actually it was not well known at that point by, mo by the masses any, that 
mercury was an issue, that mercury fillings were an issue, correct? Yeah, it was not. Yes. No. I mean, because, the, I mean, we the, had the, them and, until yeah. just like even 10 years ago, we didn't know and we right. got rid of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's correct. Back then, it was not well known. Um, and none of the professionals that I went to had a clue. And right. what I really learned then is that all of them, everyone that I encountered was treating symptoms. Mm, yes. They would say, well, you have a bad back, therefore let's treat your back. You have a problem in the lower spine, let's deal with that. Or you have a plantar fasciitis, the structure of your foot is coming apart, let's treat that. What they were not doing is asking, and what is right. the cause of that? Exactly. Right, yeah. <clears throat> We've had similar experiences dealing with our own health issues and allergies and and just different things going on and and going it's like when you go to the specialist they own they have this tunnel myopic vision on the specialty and they don't necessarily look at your whole body and figure out like what's going on to have caused this thing yeah that's like not when we scrape our knee it's because we were being clumsy and fell not because our skin just like tore apart randomly <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. yeah the standard kind of thing that comes to mind is um, headache is not caused by deficiency in Tylenol and breast cancer is not caused by the deficiency of um, tamoxifen and uh, schizophrenia is not caused by the deficiency in, I don't know, name the favorite drug that's used for that. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, as we know, the traditional medicine, medicine is not set up, is set up to treat um, symptoms and not preventative or causative. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's, of course, now a branch that's called the functional medicine, which is alive and well, rising from ground up, but it's not included in insurance right. policies. Yeah. The, uh, the pharmaceutical industry, which I call it the Rockefeller medicine, is owned by the Rockefeller Foundation. Well, Rockefeller and Carnegie, they got together and they funded universities. And the universities were only teaching the allopathic, pharmaceutical, pharmacological methods. And that's, that's what now we have. We have this unholy monopoly of the chemical, in the chemical medicine, the pharmaceuticals, is the only thing that's taught, which is the only thing that's prescribed, which is the only thing that's uh, insured. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I actually, because I was earning reasonably, reasonably well, I soon decided that I was going to just step out. Like in Canada, we have this uh, socialized medicine where a lot of stuff is insured. But none of what I was interested in. Right. None yeah. of what was insured worked for me. Right. Well, same in the U.S., where yeah. um, even though we have a lot of insurance programs that cover medical, I don't think any of them. No. There might be some, maybe, that cover naturopathic stuff, but I don't. I don't think, I don't so. think so. Yeah, I'm not familiar with them. Uh, you know, hopefully that'll be changing. Yeah. Our family policy uh, is catastrophic in case something major happens, but otherwise, uh, most everything we do for remedies are out of pocket. So, but so now, okay, so there you are, you had the resources, you started pursuing, you stepped out of, okay, this isn't working. So mm -hmm. I've got to find my own solutions. And right. yeah, and so th there came a moment I had this sort of, it's like sort of come to Jesus moment, you know, <laughs> it wasn't about Jesus, but it was this moment where all of a sudden I had this crisis in which it was analyzed this. And I was trained as a systems analyst. So it, on analysis, it was, oh, everybody's applying the tactical uh, opportunistic solutions where what we need to really do is apply the strategic, the foundational mm -hmm. analysis to it. So once that got analyzed, all of a sudden we understand that at the cellular level, my body was breaking apart because it could not manufacture the types of molecules, proteins that were needed to maintain the structures and so on. Well, I mean, if, if you're watching me, you can still see on my face now in, at age 67, I do have some problems that remain. Like I'm not as good as new. I believe that when you crack a, a jug, 
you can glue it back together, but it's never going to be uh, as good as new. Right. But you look fantastic. So from our view, you look fantastic. So. All right. Cool. Well, I do have, I do have restrictions. Like for example, I cannot eat the gluten type of products. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just instant trigger. Exactly. Yeah. We can get into the weeds why this is, you know, like I used to be able to. In fact, when I went back to Europe to visit my family, I can eat all of that stuff there. I just cannot eat it in North America because here it is produced with the help of glyphosate and it's uh, ten, genetically ten, different. 10 times more gluten from what I gather. But yeah. so how did you, okay, so you started exploring, you became your own doctor, essentially, physician, mm -hmm. physician heal thyself. Um, so that took you on a journey of pursuing natural supplements. How, what happened next? So that, yeah, that took me through the 80s. I think it was 89 when I realized that there was no way that anybody other than me is going to solve it. So through the 90s, it took me about four or five years to figure it out. By 97, 98, it was clear to me. And by 2001, I opened up Life Enthusiast, which was the uh, me sharing with the world what I had learned, helping people in chronic degenerative health problems. I mean, there are about 250 different names for all these different degenerative conditions. Right. And they come as migraine syndrome, fibromyalgia syndrome, autistic syndrome, ADAD, uh, um, cardiovascular problems, cancer, all of these various illnesses, Sjogren's, Hashimoto's, uh, Williams, blah, blah, blah. I could go on forever rattling on these different diagnoses, which essentially are geographical names. You yes. know, like the Sjogren's yeah. is that your eyes are dry and your saliva isn't running well. Hashimoto's is your thyroid's gone off. Migraine syndrome, well, that people understand. You have crazy headaches that take you out of commission for long. Right. Fibromyalgia that's in the soft tissues and, and so on, right? Right. So depending where this breakdown happens, that depends on genetics, but that it happens depends on epigenetics. It's whatever happens in the life. And interestingly, I, I'm of the opinion that with each succeeding generation that lives in the industrial world, it's getting worse mm -hmm. because I believe that nature values the mother, but not the child. Nature will detox the mother through the placenta into the firstborn. And so it turns out that most firstborns have the greatest load of toxins. They, wow. may, they may be aborted, they may not live, or they will be saved. I mean, I, I lived, I'm a firstborn, I lived, but if it was middle ages, 500 years ago, I wouldn't have. Right. Well, I'm a weakling, really, you know. I'm, I would have succumbed to some illness in my childhood. And so we're kind of in this, um, <clears throat> we're at this place where we don't necessarily have to succumb to survival of the fittest. And is that maybe why we're still experiencing these things that likely, like there weren't cures or remedies for these things before, right? Is that what you're saying? Or I guess what, what are you saying when you're saying that if <laughs> it was up to nature, yeah, it's really hard what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. Back in the pre-industrial society, a typical woman might have had a dozen of pregnancies, but only saw, see four or five of them grow up to adulthood. Children died. I mean, right. in Roman times, they didn't even bother naming their infants until they were two years old. Wow. Oh, wow. To be sure. Yeah. So... Share with us now, when you started Life Enthusiast in 2001 on the online version, um, had you already discovered that the source of your, all your problems was the mercury by then? Well, it was not just the mercury, right? A huge component of illness is emotional makeup. I would say that 80% actually, 80-20, 
80% of our health problems are actually emotional injuries. Mm. I believe that we create our reality through, I don't know, well, I call it emotional injuries, but it's traumatic, whatever happens in the childhood. I don't know how we come by these, but that needs to be solved. So in the 1990s, I actually spent a good amount of time working through, I mean, the, the kind of techniques I would use now would be like body talk or EFT or quantum touch or touch for health or brain gym. All of these unusual, not well-known, but effective ways to get rid of the stored emotional injuries that we pack around. Like I had issues with my father and mother and whatever. I mean, I can get into it if this is of interest, but. No, I think it's more, I mean, it's not that we're not interested. We would love to know, but in terms of uh, staying, keeping on, on your schedule and not taking too much of your time and also for relevance to our audience in this first uh, interview, because hopefully we'll have more conversations with you over time. um, What we would really, so we'd love to know how you what was the process of you discovering your wellness? And it sounds like mm-hmm. what you're saying, since 80% of it approximately was emotional, that that was an, an unraveling process over time and you used a number of different therapies for that. What was the, what was the moment in time that you discovered uh, mercury, the issues with mercury and made the connection with your hair analysis and your fillings? Well, it was, it was then, like by 1995, it was clear to me that that's what the problem was. And I discovered that zeolite was a very effective way of keeping it at bay. And so, and again, it's not used in medical offices. They will use EDTA intravenous drip. Zeolite is something that you easily ingest, no trouble, and it does an excellent job of it. So zeolite is a supplement that can, or a substance that can actually help extract the mercury from your system. It will, bind, it will bind mercury, lead, and cadmium, and I think arsenic, effectively. And then eliminate it through the system, harmlessly. Mm-hmm. So did you, you had your fillings removed and replaced? It, um, by the time I knew these answers, and uh, I started the Life Enthusiast, I was no longer making oodles of money. I was now a starving entrepreneur. Right, so, right. So it took until I was 55. I gave it to myself on my 55th birthday to uh, to get rid of the mercury. So I had it out. Funny thing, right? The fillings went in uh, at uh, $100 each and came out at $1,000 $1, each. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. And many years later of suffering. Um, yeah. But thank goodness you got rid of them. Thank goodness you found that. Can you spell, what is that again, that substance for mercury? Um, what was that? Oh. Zeolite starts with Z, like zebra, Z-E-O-L-I-T-E, um, and sub subspecies variety called clinoptilolite, and it's uh, it's a binder. It's used in industrial processes. It you you would bind it to uh, use it rather to bind heavy metal spills and other toxic accidents in industrial settings. Okay, so um, so now you. Um, how did you connect with the, the original creator of the Life Enthusiast uh, oh, okay. co-op? Yeah, so there was Life, Life Enthusiast 1.0. That mm-hmm. was started in 1989 by Javari Oberon. And they were manufacturing superfoods. They are ma- made under the brand Exula. And we sell them. And to this day, I support the company and I'm involved. And the Exula superfood are important to us. As, as something we offer to the world. So Javari was running a very successful, fast-growing network marketing company. It was known as the Life Enthusiast, and the products were called Excella then. In 1992, they were 72 employees and half a million dollars worth of stuff a month growing like weed. And then the FDA stepped in and started to investigate Oh, wow. And 18 months later, they came back, returned all the records and re- returned equipment and said, uh, yeah, everything's fine. Carry on. But when you do that to a network marketing company, of course, that just takes all the wind out of their um, sales. So by the time 
I found them in 95, they were already suffering. And um, so it was like a restart in 2001 when we started again online. It, it was, the recipes were there, the people, it was back down to skeleton, just the owner and recipes. So did you buy the company or was it just a, like a mutually beneficial partnership where you just no. restarted it, relaunched it, created a new vision around it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I guess Life Enthusiast is currently the exclusive distributor of the products. Okay, but, but owned by you, is that correct? Uh, the, uh, the formulas are owned by Javari Oberon. Right. He's, and, he's the, it's his brandchild. We are the distributor of it. We're the marketing arm. Okay, oh, no, cool. cool. So you're the distributor. Awesome. So um, you're a distributor, um, distrib distributing distribution company, essentially, for natural healthcare products, natural health products, correct? Yeah, we have 60 different companies that we represent, Exula being one of them, all of which I have found to measure up, to stand up. Most of them are owned by smaller or single original owners. They are the kind of companies where the passion for quality is still there as opposed to the accountant and spreadsheet. And uh, like, I remember dealing with some companies that got sold and all of a sudden, instead of what can we do for people, the customers, it was how much money can we extract out of this? And we no longer carry the brand because yeah. Yeah. the soul went out of it. Right. Well, you guys also have a fantastic website, which we're obviously going to link in the show notes. And it has a podcast and tons of resources on health, just so people can start educating themselves more on some of their issues and problems and what they might be um, consuming or <clears throat> their environment that could be contributing to their issues. So Yeah, and also yeah. you have a, a fantastic email um, email list where you send out really good informational things that help people decide, you know, is this product something I'm interested in? So I'm going to read mm -hmm. this and look into it um, because you do, a, I think, your own background in having to do your own research and stuff. Do you, do you write the articles yourself? Do you have a writing team? I'm quite a nerd, you know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm an engineer by personality. I would just as soon design things than to uh, schmooze at a party. Yes, understood. And so that's the soul of the company more than anything. So instead of being a huge success because I've uh, hobnobbed with the powerful, I have focused on quality and, uh, and sure enough, um, we, <laughs> we offer fantastic customer service. People confirm it. And mm -hmm. we offer high grade, high quality, extremely conscientiously curated products. So those who appreciate it, especially people who have had an experience, mm -hmm. who have tried to get well and failed and failed and failed, they really appreciate what they that when they find us that they found us right because and they're we, not just we, sorry we walk the talk right yes yeah yeah it's not just ordering <laughs> some supplement from some unknown company um on amazon or whatever that um so so a little aside on that um we've been in we are we sell products on amazon not supplements we're not in that industry yet who knows um but we have been associated with Amazon sellers who like for, through an Amazon seller program who were there, um, who had invested in that program in order, order to learn how to be better Amazon sellers in order to learn how to sell more on Amazon, including tactics that were not honest. Um, those are the things that we were partake to, we were hearing about and learning about and not participating in ourselves because we did not agree with it. Things yeah. like fake reviews, how to get reviews, how to beg for reviews, how to incentivize people to give reviews, um, even if, you know, like such as um, selling them a product, having them buy a product so they become a verified buyer and then gifting them back the, the total amount of that through PayPal so that they could uh, hike the number of reviews they have uh, because more reviews usually equals more product sales. Right. Not only that, but there were many of them who um, 
for instance, one, one in particular comes to mind where they were sourcing, they were going to source some kind of a white label. They were going to white label a supplement for the thyroid. And this person had no back, had didn't, hadn't even done any research on it ever mm -hmm. up until that point. And at the time he did the research to find out what supplements to have this Chinese white label company uh, create the supplement. You know, okay, yes, you need to have this and this and this in it. And then we should be good to go. We have a good thyroid supplement because that's what the, the research set says is good for thyroid. Meanwhile, you have no idea of the quality. You have no idea, you know, of the, the um, monitoring of the products and substances yeah. um, that are being put together um, overseas. And so therefore there, that's, that's a, like a shadow side of that industry that most people don't know. You know, in my entrepreneurial life, of course, I've studied these things too, right? Like I've also bought the, a program how to make it big on Amazon and we do have a store on Amazon life enthusiast yeah. is on Amazon and we sell a number of things there because after all if we don't we're missing the boat Amazon is a movement that's I both love and hate because of course they eat my lunch really right <laughs> yeah uh, on the other hand you know there indeed I remember reading the book where the guy says Here's what you do. You find a product that you can get for five bucks, have it drop shipped and uh, sell it for 50. That's how you make money. Right. And yeah, that's what the pharmaceutical companies do. They figure out how to make something for pennies and sell it for hundreds. Right. And that's now I'm sorry, go ahead. No, anyway, so that's, um, well, we try to put as much quality as possible into the products that we stand behind well, and that's why i brought it up because i this is not a knock on amazon i mean amazon is an amazing company and has its place it's just you know anywhere you go things can be altered like when amazon <laughs> finds out the companies are doing that then they slap penalties or they close their account so that's not it is not their fault uh it just it's just part of the, the animal that goes with that yeah. and it comes so, in any industry it's just it, that yeah. when it comes to your health and what you ingest it could have a much bigger impact or than you, you might be realizing or you could be spending money on something that has no real value which mm -hmm. is another reason why you know we really value your company a lot and this is right. an this is literally our passion for learning about other entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial businesses. This isn't a, a commercial uh, for life enthusiasts that life, Martin has not paid us to say this, but as, as, and this is like one of those things, what we really enjoy following are those people who, like you said, you nerd, you nerd out about this kind of thing. You love it. You're passionate about it. It is a part of your life and that's what you're sharing. And that was the point I wanted to make. And so that, that therefore, when I get an email from you, I know it isn't a marketing email i know it is something that you have studied and looked into and researched and then have provided a solution for right. it yeah we educate and we have to sell because if we don't sell we're out of business yeah there so you go. i want i want an educated consumer who of their free will comes to us and stays with us in yes. fact i mean the standard rule here is treat others the way you want to be treated exactly the classic do unto others as you would and so on. So, you know, we were talking about the 80-20 rule that the emotional makeup of, of your existence will be responsible for a lot of the outcome. Well, I operate in the 20%. And even within that, the important things are air, water, and calories. It's really important. Well, in, in 2011, I finally made the last discovery of my educational path, which was metabolic typing. Okay. This is something that stands on the shoulders of giants going back maybe 100 years, but the discoveries are that there is biological individuality to each one of us. And we have various responses to food. Some of us are really good at converting food into energy and others not as efficient. And the really efficient ones will uh, burn out on a diet that's too rich in carbohydrates. It's sort of like putting gasoline into a diesel engine. It'll yeah. burn out. And there are the opposite, people who are not very efficient at converting food into energy, and those need to be given the lighter fuels, 
So, for example, somebody from tropical countries like India, for example, where there is a ready access to fruits and vegetables year-round, it's a lot easier to be a vegetarian because there's food like that available always. Right. But if you're in living in Norway or Sweden or Scotland, you have six months out of the year where you have no access or no vegetables or no fruit. And so you end up eating local food resources like salmon and, uh, and I don't know what, animal foods, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not as easy to be a vegetarian if your ancestors have lived largely on animal protein or at least six months out of the year on animal protein. Right. And so, of course, now we're in this big experiment where everything's mixing with everything. Yes. With the, uh, the American native uh, Indian who followed, what a strange word that we call it, native Aboriginal who followed the buffalo, lived on red meat and, and berries and bear fat. Yes. Right? And then, then the Europeans showed up with whiskey and completely blew their, uh, um, I don't know, metabolics. Yeah. Right? Anyway, so what metabolic typing will teach is that there are some people who are overly acidic and need to be more alkalized. And there are people who are overly alkaline who need to be brought down into the middle because of the following. Overly acidic people are irritable and anxious and worried and impatient and driven. Overly alkaline people are procrastinating and are uh, tending towards depression. Hmm. And a, for example, full blown out depression is an over alkalized state of physiology. So is that something that has, has been proven in studies uh, with those who have a proclivity to depression? They're always over alkalinized? Well, studies would be a difficult thing to say, right? Because nobody's funding the studies because it's not convenient for the mainstream to, to do such a thing. But what the individual but, can do is they can test, right? Yeah, there's always the study of one. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because biological individuality within itself says that if you treat that person right, then you will get the right outcome. I'll say this, you know, the double blind study is a total fallacy because um, let's just say that I'll give potassium or, or a specific vitamin to a group of 10,000 people. Well, the fast oxidizer will react in one way and the slow oxidizer in another. And the, so depending on the statistical makeup of the people that have been tested or are testing this product, you will have outcomes that will be completely opposite. Yes. Like when I give somebody potassium, it may either make them alkaline or acidic, depending. Right. Right. So it will, uh, how should I say it? The outcome of the study will depend on the genetics of the people in the study and right. not on the product that's being tested. Well, that's a good, right. That's back to the metabolic testing. So that makes so much sense. I really like the concept of a study of one um, because you really do. I mean, Devani and I have, both have allergic reactions to different foods that have increased over time, probably an autoimmune inclination. Once you have a reaction to one food, it seems like those things increase. Mm -hmm. And as does my mother, and, sim and interestingly, all three of us have had multiple different kinds of allergy tests, none of which revealed that we were allergic to what we know and have proven causes us to react most, such as soy, which brings us to um, something that you have written about on your side as well, you were looking into Yeah, that. I was looking at the, uh, <clears throat> you have different sections in your, on your website. And I was looking at the soy one because I was like, well, I've, we've struggled a lot with um, soy. We used to have it all the time because we're vegetarian. And so we used to eat all the different substitutes, the, which were loaded with soy. Yeah, tofu. But, right. Tofu. <clears throat> and um, we uh, then 
over many, many yeah. years and personal study like, like you would have done, uh, we discovered that that wasn't it healthy. Was. But then on your website, you go into like the different kinds of soy and how the way we eat it in the U.S. is not the way that it's been used in Asian countries for centuries. Mm -hmm. so could you get into a little bit of that and how, sure. and how yeah. that works? Yeah, I actually had a period of time in the 90s when I went completely vegan. <clears throat> Both myself and the wife and the kids, we were vegans. And what's interesting, of course, we did make it work, but it didn't last because genetically we're not well suited to it. Right. So especially my wife, like I, I can make a vegetarian with the occasional piece of protein, but she's actually of the type that requires a lot of it. So when we were vegetarians, yep, we were into the soy as well, or protein concentrates, right? Like we need protein somehow. So we thought, well, how about this? And fermented soy is a lot better than not fermented. So tempeh and miso are wonderful sources of nutrition, whereas tofu is not. Hmm. And would meat, is miso made differently in Asian countries than it is here? Should not be. No, it should be the same fermentation. The challenge is the source because, of course, soy has been genetically modified and you cannot buy soy in North America that has not been grown with the aid of um, heavy chemical treatment. Yeah, yeah. So and I would assume... I would assume the same with things like gluten because gluten allergies are massively on the rise in the same way that soy allergies were several years ago. Mm -hmm. I actually think that a lot of the problems are again, self-inflicted. The, uh, the invention or hybridization of dwarf wheat in the late seventies brought in wheat that's about 13% gluten instead of about six or seven. So <laughs> we're now double the protein content of the wheat, They're, the farmers are so proud of it. We are giving you more protein. And uh, then lately, since the 90s, they started using glyphosate to dry out the wheat just before harvest, which gives them uniform, easy to harvest, richer crop. And of course, they're told glyphosate doesn't affect humans, therefore it's fine. Mm. <sighs> another fallacy i don't know we should probably not dwell on that today yeah yeah right yeah yeah because we can't solve that problem here today uh, but it's good to be aware of it oh, i know i i'm going to say something yes we can solve that problem the number one solution to the glyphosate problem is humic acid humic acid can you elaborate h-u-m-i-c humic acid it tends to moderate the uh, effects of it in the gut it supports the microbes in the gut in such way that they overcome the damage caused by the presence of the glyphosate. So you can have a thriving microbiome when you support it with constant supplementation of humic. Okay, so we will definitely put that in the show notes as well and look into that. That's really good to know. Definitely mm -hmm. something worth- There's some wonderful research done by Dr. Zach Bush he is uh, heading a company that's, that sells a product called Restore, and he calls it terahydrate, and it's humic acid. And, um, so um, your company, Life Enthusiast, do you have any of your own products, or are you distributor? Well, yeah. Exula is our own product, of course. That's, we're we're in-house. We also sell magnesium products and under the brand Transderma. We also have our own label, iodine. Iodine is yet, yet again one of those really important supplements that are underrepresented in North American diet. Everybody who lived anywhere close to the coast had ready access to a lot of iodine. Mm -hmm. A typical Japanese person eats about 100 times the iodine that a North American will eat. Wow. Is it from the seafood? Then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, especially seaweed, mm. but you know, like the nori and wakame and kombu and all of those wonderful words that, I mean, they have Latin equivalents, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So those, they are part of the diet of the Japanese, but they also put it on their gardens. Like they would harvest, you know, in the fall, there's a lot of kelp and such washed up on the shore. They would take that and compost it into the gardens. So those would be richly mineralized by the seaweed. Right. So even when you grow carrots and cabbages on that soil, you have a lot of good minerals coming in that. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's a great point. So do you, you sell also some various forms of spirulina or iodine as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we sell all of that. Yeah, the full nutritional program. You know, now we would be getting into actually understanding the person's genetics, just looking back or doing the metabolic typing quiz, which tells us what's most needed and why and putting it together individually. And that's what I do. I talk to people, ask them to uh, tell me about themselves and... Uh, off we go. So we have that information. You have that information on how people can contact you on your website to um, get get their metabolic typing. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. And what is so uh, back to sort of the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey? What is your main role with with the life enthusiast work? Are you mostly doing the research? Are you doing quality testing of the products? What a mix of everything. Well, I'm the founder of the company, so at the beginning, it stood on me. Yeah. Um, um, I still do a lot of the interviews and talks, and uh, and I, I talk to people as a health coach. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm the front line of answering the hard questions. Cool. So I end up usually, a typical client will call us and spend half an hour talking to me and maybe two, three, 10 minute follow-ups. And by that time, they will have learned enough to be able to just carry on and uh, know what they need to do. Right, what is the price of that service? Uh, we charge $97 for the uh, metabolic typing. Okay, and that's the good thing about those kinds of things, because this is one of the dilemmas that we go through a lot ourselves in our own family. It's sort of like, well, we're buying these vitamins that we think we need, but if, unless you've had you know, your blood analyzed or your metabolic typing, you may just be essentially creating expensive urine. You may or may not be something you know, that's assimilating in your body or it may not be the right quality. So I would see, imagine that the metabolic typing helps not only identify some of the nutrients that your body type needs, uh, but do you have any kind of recommendations or resources yourself for helping people identify through blood testing what kind of supplements they're, mis they're uh, deficient in? Right. The metabolic typing is actually a questions and answers, multiple choice and uh, questions like if I eat such and such, I feel whatever. Right. Or or the pupils of my eyes are small holes or wide open or the ears are more pink than the rest of my face or, you know, like there are physiological clues mm -hmm. and there are. Uh, follow-ups to how you respond to foods and based on that we're able to essentially hand you the manual user's manual to your body and depending on your type you need more of some minerals like a fast oxidizer will definitely need more calcium zinc uh, and iodine and uh, slow oxidizer will probably need some copper and uh, I mean, I can go into the weeds and yeah. technical, but specific needs. Like, for example, one type needs more vitamin B5, while the other needs more vitamin, vitamin B6. One needs vitamin, vitamin 3 as niacin, and the other one needs it as niacinamide. And one needs regular ascorbic acid, and the other one needs it buffered as calcium ascorbate. It just, it just depends, right? And right. so there is no straightforward thing. Like, for example, the Exula products, they're made as the middle. They mm -hmm. fit all parties. Like, all human needs a certain block of things, a certain mm -hmm. block of nutrients. But then we need to customize it going either into the highly efficient food processing or the inefficient food processing. We need to help people with calories. Some people need more fat. Some people need more carbs. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, this paleo or keto diet that has become so popular it's it's suitable for the uh, thyroid dominant types. Oh yeah, I didn't mention that. There are endocrine dominances, thyroid, adrenal, pituitary, and in women also uh, ovaries can be dominant. And so depending on the dominance, 
you will either gain weight or lose weight using certain food combinations. Mm-hmm. So for one type, a weight loss diet will be high fat, low carb. For another type, it will be completely flipped. Uh, and we need to understand the type you are and how to feed you. Right. And for example, in, in India, they, they had this, uh, um, what is it called? Uh, Ayurvedic system of uh, treating uh, or understanding the nature of people. And they would have the three doshas, vata, pitta, kapha. And depending, right, these, these are actually real things. And so high kapha people need to, those are those, the, those are the ones that need to have more fire because mm-hmm. they're kind of burning slow. Whereas the uh, vata people, they burn too fast. We need to slow them down, right? Right. And then the Chinese people, they did it with five elements. That's another way of uh, talking about the same classification and understanding of how a person's genetics are expressed. We're not all the same. We need to always moderate the deficiency and feed the opposite. One of my daydreams is um, to be, have a website where people can go in and they will have fill it in and answer the questions. And it will be filtered through all of those systems, filtered through the metabolic typing, filtered through the Ayurvedic, and filtered through the elements, the Chinese elements, as well as even allopathic medicine, at least the naturopathic version of it. Uh, and in order to then create sort of a, a combined recommendation based on the best knowledge from all the systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I have thought of quite a bit. And there is a way to do it. If you have $3 million, yes. let's do it. Yeah. I, I think, actually, we're getting close. You know, the technology is becoming available. Yeah. Like yeah. Apple yeah. has Siri and, uh, and Amazon has Alexa and Google has Hey Google. Yeah. And uh, this voice to text interface allows us to have voice input. So I should theoretically be able to interview you without me being there and feeding you into the artificial intelligence engine that I have just demonstrated that's in my head that I could figure out some way to um, to essentially have you talk to the AI, to the robot coach, yeah. and at least give you some ideas. But at yeah. this moment, it's me. I'm available. Right. <laughs> there you go. And How can we be sure? <laughs> <laughs> so um, for now then, so we can re- begin to bring this to a close. If you could share with us, um, like, do you have any daily, like you are working a lot. I think you're working, you know, oftentimes entrepreneurs end up working six, seven days a week. Um, but a lot of, for a lot of us, it's not like work because we also love what we're doing. Um, so tell us about your daily creative habits. Um, that you know that serves you well in your all right so I'm one of the people who is on the acidic side naturally so I wake up before six you know the naturally alkaline don't they they stay in bed until nine anyway so I wake up early I step into the office I I enjoy what I do I do I play I it's not hard work yeah it's entertaining yes definitely but, you know, it's a lot like being a farmer, right? You need to tend to the animals. If you want to milk the cow, you need to feed it and you need to get rid of the manure kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You take care of things, but you enjoy it because it's something you're building. So you have a day, you work, you start off early. Do you do any kind of meditation or yoga or exercise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I do. I spend, I usually don't do my yoga until about 10.30. I take a break after a few hours. I, I actually do yoga and meditate while that. And uh, I usually eat right after that. And uh, I like to take another break mid-afternoon, maybe half an hour, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And um, yeah, come come dinner time, yeah. I've had enough. <laughs> right, right, right. It's time to relax. So what about uh, as far as you're um, as an entrepreneur, what uh-huh. do you think are the number of the the top one, two or three things that serves you the most uh, in your entrepreneurial endeavor that, that, that is the most success, like of all the things you're doing online, because we all know, you know, like from between social media and sales on Amazon versus direct from your store versus um, a podcast or YouTube, like what are some of the most productive things you do toward growing your brand? 
I think the YouTube channel is a good thing. People come from there. Our blog posts are a good thing. People come from there. It's changing, you know. It used to be that we could send out an email and have a 40, 50% open rate. It's now only 10%. So I send a thousand emails, 100 people open it, and three people react. So mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely less yes. than that. So we are now looking at doing stuff through the mobile more than through the email. Okay, through mobile, you mean like direct texting or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, direct text to the phone. And are you doing that through a specific service? Not yet. We're just evaluating. Because we looked into that as well. And some of them, you were saying that they were pretty expensive. Yeah, so especially we... for a startup, maybe not for a well-established business. But if you're on like the, if you're in the startup phase and you got to allocate your budget specifically, then it can get pretty pricey, it seems. Yeah, this has been the challenge for me. I, I at times, bite off more than I can chew. <laughs> I have I have committed to uh, doing something, you know, and three thousand dollars a month, uh, bang, 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 and as you know, a year in, there's thirty six thousand dollars, and what have I got to show for it? Yeah. Oh, not much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It can be pretty steep pretty quickly. So, and especially if you're a solopreneur, for the most part, where you're the primary operator, um, man, you know, owner, CEO, um, you're. Do you have anyone that works with you? Does your wife work with you? Yeah, so my wife's here. She's customer service for frontline. She's she's a highly organized person and nice. she's capable of keeping me from making too many blunders. <laughs> and we have we have one gal that's uh, maintaining the product database, and uh, she also does a lot of the newsletter writing. And I have one other person who's sort of good with editing videos and making graphics so she's looking after that i have another person that's looking after mostly edits just catching where things have fallen through and uh, i've i've had uh, one person working with us on uh, marketing and uh, we're having difficult time of it at the moment because you know that that's what i just mentioned you we can invest a whole pile of money and it sometimes turns into nothing. Right. Mm. So we're, we're now in the stage where we're reevaluating to see what to do. Okay. Um, I think it's, you know, I don't want to be all negative about it, but at this moment, we're not having the easiest time. It's, uh, it's, I need to find another way to reach people who would like to appreciate service. And maybe that's my basic mistake. Maybe this is the idealist in me that's doing it the wrong way, where I should have gone for the $50 item that costs me only $5 and cynically sell it on Amazon with uh, the cynically uh, started seed seeded reviews and all of that, right? Yeah, we've had a lot of conversations like that because we're we're kind of on the same page with you of like, it just kind of feels really icky and you don't really want to do things that feel icky and yet. That's what gets people paid. Well, I don't know, maybe there's some karma in there and I have, you know, I certainly believe in um, the concept of karma and getting back what you put in. So I'm staying away from it. Yeah. Definitely. But it's it's just um, well, I'm I'm just seeing that some people do better than I do. Sure, and I think the thing is, we're in it like you we're in it for the long haul. If you go the route that is antithetical to your ethics and to your values, it will never work, and and you won't. And on top of that, you'll be miserable. So that won't work. But yeah, I said just stay, stay on the journey of discovering and and pull back from those really steep investments that uh, are not showing a pretty quick return. Um, but doing things like, well, I would say the simplest thing that we could offer that might help you the most would be things like optimizing, uh, writing your articles for keep for keywords that you can that you can actually rank for. Um, mm -hmm. And that has made the biggest difference in our own websites organic growth than anything else we've done. Mm -hmm. So that organic that growth and what 
And one of the ways, one of the best ways to do that is to build out your YouTube channel. And I would say with short, very informative video clips, concisely to singular topics. So for instance, if you're going to be talking about the uh, humic acid, then this is about humic acid and I, you, you would need to keyword it. Um, a, a resource that we would recommend that's a wonderful free tool for keywording um, right. that is as good as many of the paid tools out there, but now it's free is neilpatel.com slash uber suggest. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm subscribed to Neil Patel's work. So his uber suggest um, dot com, uh, app is free and that service is wonderful. So you just search, you know, the, the topic online and before you write about it and see how difficult it is to rank for, how many searches, that sort of thing. Then you make sure when you post a YouTube video, you optimize keywords on the YouTube video. And then you have that video also placed on your website. Um, so that synchronicity, that sort of that circular kind of Mm -hmm. uh, connection from one to the other that keeps pointing people back will help bring you a lot more traffic. There you go. Thank so, you. Yeah, you're yeah. most welcome. Yeah, I'm, we're glad to, um, if you have any questions on any of that, that's one of the things that we're avidly on the journey of learning and improving ourselves. So we could just have entrepreneur to entrepreneur conversations about that. If it's anything we can help with it, we would love to do so. So I would start there, um, but back to, to let you go before it's too much later. Could we close with your sharing, if you would like to, your vision of where you would like to go um, with your company um, as an entrepreneur? Ah. Well, you know, my original vision was that my children would join me in the business and take it over and run with it. But they both decided that they want to do different things. So at this point, I have um, found that the children of, uh, of Jivari, of the original life enthusiast, are carrying on with the company. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the, my vision is that we uh, evolve the company to a place where the next generation can take over because, you know, I, I'm entertained here and I'm enjoying it, but I don't know, will I hold out into my seventies, eighties, nineties? How long? I don't know. As right. far as vision goes, I would love for the world to finally get the fact that uh, you cannot get to a happy place by doing the wrong things. Mm. And uh, that's the, that's the strategic thing, right? Like it's, it's educating people about functional medicine, educating people about the fact that they need to understand that they vote with their dollars. The greatest power of all consumers is in their wallet. And so the wallet dictates Money is like the oxygen of the economy. Mm -hmm. so whatever you spend money on, that's what grows. That's so a if good you point. want a decent service to be available, then you need to spend the money on decent service. Well, I think that, so what we're seeing with, since we represent a lot of creators and there is this, everything's in transition. So everything is struggling to get to its next level, like the, you know, the, the caterpillar to the cocoon, to the butterfly beating its wings to try and get out before it can be fully transformed. And so many creators are at the place where there's no way that they can be compensated when they are competing against China and digital processes and whatever. But what we are, what is happening is a return and a recycling back to connections with owners connections with the artists and writers who are actually creating not this mass production kind of thing and that's what you represent you know and as far as like you said you were 69 right seven 67 sorry so um you know relative like you have you know easily another 30 years it's like so if you're not doing this, then what would you be doing? You know, so that is yeah, something exactly. to consider. It's like, well, because I know that you're not the type that's going to retire. You're still working in the area that you love. So, you know, who knows where that can go? Yeah, that, that question was, uh, should I retire? To retire to do what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you're loving, uh, maybe, maybe have a little more free time so you're not doing everything and juggling all the plates. Um, but surely, I mean, that's a great way to transition back to the original children and back to your children. Who knows? You know, they, they want something else because this is what familiar and young people seek new, you know, what's new and different. And then so many of them end up making their way back home. So who knows? Yeah, who knows how this turns out, but yeah. you, the, the vision, well, I, 
I will see the world be more educated and more centered and more understanding that there's no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah. And uh, I've watched it in other industries when people buy on price alone, yes, they end up pricing out service out of, um, out of whatever they get, which then actually ends up costing more in the long run. Absolutely. In terms of health as well as overall economy. Yeah. yeah. Well, definitely. We love what you're doing. Uh, we will continue to be customers and we'll share your story and what you're doing at Life Enthusiast with our audience as well. And look forward to continuing the conversation with you, Martin. Sounds good. If uh, you want, I mean, you said you were going to put it into the show notes, but yes. it's life-enthusiast.com. People can come and visit it. I am available for 12 hours a day. Okay. Awesome. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.